in an overcrowded graveyard, the scream will rise. The Ghoulmates presents Not Another Spooky Podcast. Hey Ghoulsters, welcome back to Not Another Spooky Podcast, where I'm your ghost hostess, Mandy Spooks, and you, my listeners and community, are the co-host. On this show, we fan ghoul over spooky pop culture and learn from it too. If you have always loved Halloween, horror, true crime, ghosts, or basically anything spooky, then you have found your spooky oasis. I'm going to change things up a bit for this episode. I promise we'll be getting into all of the usual stuff, but this week was a big one, guys, and I have seen a lot of negativity surrounding Hocus Pocus 2, and I'm not going to lie, I'm not here for it. I'm disappointed in some of the unnecessary harsh criticisms I have read, and we all knew this movie could absolutely never meet our expectations. We have waited nearly 30 years for this movie, so in true Mandy Spooks fashion, with lots of emotions and words, I wanted to open this with a love letter to this movie and what it meant to me. I am fully aware that this movie is not perfect, but the truth is, no movie is, you guys. This movie may not be what everyone else expected, but for me, a 31-year-old spooky girl who has quoted the movie daily for as long as I can remember, this movie is what my inner baby Mandy Spooks needed. We waited nearly 30 years for this movie, you guys. Let's simmer on that for a second. Three decades. None of us are who we were when we first saw this movie, and I'm so personally glad it happened the way it did, if I'm being honest. I'm so honored to have a platform where people message me to hear my opinion on these things, and it's days like this that I'm so genuinely happy I have a place to share how much something meant to me and know that some of you are going to just get it. And hopefully the other half of you will be like, hmm, maybe I need to rewatch this with a new magical Mandy Spooks positivity lens. I have shared this before, but this movie is the reason I am who I am today. And when I say this movie, I mean the first Hocus Pocus. From seeing a powerhouse like Bed Midler completely own a stage singing a song about magic, to streets filled with decorations and candy, to seeing a little sister beg her big brother to take her trick-or-treating, to seeing how an animal can completely still our hearts. Hocus Pocus was magical, and it changed our lives. I've tried getting through this so many times and I cry every time, so I'm just going to go through it, guys. And although this movie had its imperfections, I genuinely felt that every single person involved poured their heart into this and tried to make it the most heartwarming experience. For me, it felt like a homecoming and farewell all at the same time. I had very low expectations for this film because I knew 30 years of waiting for something was sure to fall short in reality. But instead, I felt like I got to celebrate the movie I have quoted daily, forever. I got to learn the history behind some of those quotes. I got to see my favorite characters command a stage again. I got to smile like a five-year-old girl experiencing the Sanderson sisters navigate modern times for the first time again. And as much as it chokes me up to say this, I got to say goodbye to my favorite characters. (sighs) Okay. I promised I was going to get through it, you guys. (laughs) Okay, so Bette Midler's monologue is arguably the most iconic scene she has ever had as Winifred Sanderson. As spooky ghouls, we all know beneath every spooky girl is a human who is maybe not as confident as she perceives and also has a lot more feelings than she's willing to let the world see, aka me crying. And sisterhood, it comes above anything else. In this moment, we got to see Winifred not only human, but at peace for the first time. And there's honestly no better ending I could have thought of for the sisters. I promise I'm going to get there, guys. (laughs) And that's why I pray, I manifest, I beg, or whatever your choice of words is, that there is not another movie. Because this movie was closure. I have said goodbye to my favorite world. And I know Winnie is somewhere watching over all of us schoolsters. Did you guys expect anything less mushy from me? 
I promise we're going to get into all the fun stuff, but that was just something I needed to share from the bottom of my heart because I can't believe so many people are completely bashing the movie that was clearly done with a lot, a lot of intentionality and a lot of love. This movie was 100% made for all the original lovers, and I can't wait to see the next era of kiddos watching the Sanderson sisters for the first time and growing up to be the next generation of spooky ghouls just like us. So with that being said, let's get this Hocus Pocus 2 celebration going. We're going to talk a bit about Salem history and do a deep dive into the spectacular sequel. But before we grave dig into all of that, let's get into some news and updates. Haunted Housekeeping. Okay, so do you guys remember I mentioned I was working on a project I couldn't share much about yet? Well, the video finally went up on Wednesday and I have been wanting to do a video specifically about spooky fashion for so long, probably a year and a half now, and I finally got to share it with you guys. I'll leave it I'll leave a link in the show notes, but pretty much it's me showing an outfit for every spooky activity I'll be doing this spooky season and Master even shared some looks himself. So this video is a part of a big partnership we have with Pair Eyewear this year and I would greatly appreciate if you would leave a comment on the video. But I specifically wanted to say that I am just very grateful to have had an opportunity like this because it's not every day that you get sponsorships at this level, but also a sponsorship with a brand that you actually feel is such a great fit for your audience, for yourself. And I'm just genuinely so excited to share this product with you guys because it is something that we not only want but need as a spooky accessory so I'll leave it at that Uh, but again I'll leave the link in the show notes and I can't wait to see what your thoughts are on my spooky season outfits we honestly had so much fun working on this video and we can't wait to get back to making more fully produced videos for you guys so stick around for that the crazy part is that I already wore one of those looks this weekend while I was keeping the spook alive so on that note I thought we could share a cup of brew and talk about how we're keeping the spook alive Guys, we are in the heat of spooky season now, so needless to say, your ghoul is already hexhausted. See what I did there? (laughs) So today I am having an iced cafe bustelo. If you guys have not heard of it, it is a coffee that has espresso in it already, and it is absolutely magical, strong enough to wake the dead. (laughs) All right. So if you haven't seen it yet, I shared a reel on the Goalmates Instagram this week of our first fall camping trip. Guys, this trip was magical and actually spooky because we actually thought we might not survive such cold thunderstorms at one point. Needless to say, we had to cut our trip short, but we ended up going to our first Colorado pumpkin patch And you guys, we were not prepared. In the past, the patches we've gone to are like a little square with pumpkins that have already like been picked and put there for you. No, this was an actual patch. Like it was huge. And you actually had to like take your little like cart with you and pick the pumpkin, like cut it out of its little garden. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't even know the terminology for it. Anyway, Rudy found the biggest bad boy ever. You know, we had to pat so many pumpkins that day. We can't wait to carve him. And I got my first white pumpkin ever. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's like a real Cinderella moment, if I do say so myself. And I got a really gourd orange one that's really lumpy and actually looks like the pumpkin in Gilbert's Magic Shop. So I can't wait to take pictures of that. Anyway, my friend Sam from Toil and Trouble joined us and we obs took so many pics for the gram. It was so nice. Master and I actually got real photos of us together for the first time. So I'm really excited about that. And I think that's about it, but I should have some fun stuff to report for you guys next week. If you want to keep up with how Master and I are keeping the spook alive every day, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Ghoulmates, and my new favorite place to fan ghoul at Not Another Spooky Podcast on Instagram. Okay, so I'm actually really proud of myself right now, you guys. Something I shared about my journey as Mandy Spooks is the amount of random spooky knowledge I have that I would have never known if I hadn't set out to provide an informative, fun, and spooky platform for people. So when I connect things that I wouldn't have without this journey, I am like, you go, Glenn Coco. (laughs) 
Anyway, I'm honestly so surprised I haven't seen anyone mention this about the movie, but I actually caught that the Reverend's house that Winifred burns is actually a replica of a very recognizable photo op in Salem. You may have seen it a lot on the spooky Instagram. It's a big black house and it's called Witch House Salem. I thought this was such a cool Easter egg because I feel like it touched a topic that might actually be a very unpopular opinion. The house is the only piece of actual structure remaining in Salem from the witch trials. According to witchhousesalem.org, Jonathan Corwin purchased the house in 1675. Jonathan was an heir to one of the largest Puritan fortunes in New England. 17 years later, he and his family took part in the most famous witch hunt in American history, and Jonathan was the judge on the trial. There are now tours offered to, quotation, help visitors gain a deeper understanding of the people involved in the witch trials and, and an enriched understanding of America's colonial heritage, end quote. If I'm being honest, I don't know how I feel about the fact that so many people or so many spooky people use this house as a photo opportunity when the original owner would have never condoned our lifestyles and is the reason that 19 people were executed. Like I said, probably an unpopular opinion because so many people think it's such a cool house, but that's why I thought it was so cool that this was the house they used as a model for the Reverend's home because it feels symbolic like Winifred is burning the home of the person responsible for the witch trials versus idolizing it. So that was your bit of history for the day, but now let's get into the fun stuff. Hocus Pocus 2 was released on September 30th, 2022, just one week ago, you guys. Who would have thought we'd been living in these times? Oh my gosh. Sorry, my Mexican was coming out with that accent there. <laughs> so the movie was directed by Anne Fletcher, which I'm so happy this was directed by a female director, which is so awesome. The summary according to IMDb reads, two young women accidentally bring back the Sanderson sisters to modern day Salem and must figure out how to stop the child hungry witches from wreaking havoc on the world. I think this is the one movie where the main cast needs absolutely no introduction and saves me a couple of breaths here. But some fun facts I found out were that Bette Midler is actually the reason why we have this sequel. Apparently, years ago, she noticed that this movie was actually gaining traction and there was like tons of merch for it. So every year she'd call the studio at least once a year to say, how about it? Let's do it. And finally, one year they finally said yes. Okay, and then I actually did not notice this, notice this, but apparently it was a big deal to some people that Mary's mouth um, was crooked on the opposite side this time, and it's merely just because it's easier to do it now that way than the correct way from the first movie. So the way they incorporated it was with the scene where Winifred slaps her so that the crookedness goes to the other side. And if I'm being completely honest, I know a lot of people loved that scene, I personally was a little surprised that Disney went there and I don't know I think I just kept thinking about how so many of you mentioned that you didn't like the domestic violence and practical magic and I know it's completely different but I guess I just felt sensitive to those who might have been triggered by it so I think that was my only issue with it I'm trying to be cool with it but also sometimes I'm too empathetic for other people <laughs> Okay, and then something funny I found was that the spider that they used to attack the Salem villagers in the very beginning in the prequel scene um, is known as a golden silk orb weaver. And as evidence, it is a tan body with white spots and stripes. And they're very long. They also have very long black and yellow legs. So although they are frighteningly large, about three inches long specifically, they are completely harmless to humans and they are not venomous and their bites cannot even pierce human skin. So I find that as like another little token of like, I don't know, appreciation for spooky girls because it's just kind of like that's the assumptions people make about the spider just because it's spooky and it's harmless. So just another thing. <laughs> uh, and then when I was watching the movie, I actually was like, is that Allison's house when they show up to Cassie's house? But it actually is not. It just looks really similar. And it was actually filmed in Rhode Island. And then another thing I thought was really cool was when I was watching the movie, I was like, does Billy's mouth say kill when uh, Winnie cast it on him uh, at the end when she finally has his head? I'm like, does it say kill? And I'm like, no, it doesn't say kill. But apparently it does say kill. So there you have it. <laughs> and then 
Uh, something interesting I found was that I did not recognize this, and now I can't wait to go back to watch the movie again. But apparently the dance that the mob is doing to one way or another is actually the Michael Jackson's thriller dance. I didn't catch that, so now I want to go back and watch it. And then another cool little fun fact was that One Way or Another was also performed by another witch we love, which is Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I'm talking about Melissa Joan Hart, not Kiernan Shipka. I think Kiernan Shipka. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. You know what I'm talking about. And then I think this last note is just kind of like my final, like, this is all I'm going to say to the haters. But do you guys realize how old the witches are, the, the main cast. I was absolute, absolutely shook when I read these numbers. I had no idea that Bed Midler was 47 when the first Hocus Pocus was made. Like, holy cow, she was 47, you guys. And you want to know how old she is now? She is 76. She is pushing 80, you guys, and she still delivered this freaking iconic role for us. Kathy Najimy was 36, and she is now 65, which I think we can all agree that Kathy absolutely stole the show. I think she looks phenomenal. She definitely looks the best, like, good for her. And Sarah Jessica Parker was 28, and she is now 57. This is crazy, you guys. And just for fun, Billy Butcherson, Doug Jones, was 33, and he is now 62. Uh, so, yeah, I was absolutely amazed when I saw these numbers and I think that we should all cut them a little slack because I think they did a phenomenal job considering that they're some of them are nearly double the age or they are double the age they were when they filmed the first movie all right so I know this is normally where I share my history with the movie but well I kind of gave that away away in the first two minutes of the show so I figured the best way to go about this would be kind of like the monsters where I will read your responses react and then at the end if there are any final thoughts I haven't had a chance to share about the movie then I will share it at that point so for starters I wanted to gauge how everyone was feeling like what am I gonna get here like are most of you gonna hate this movie did most of you love it and I think something crazy too was like I was off the grid when this came out you guys which was absolutely insane like there I was in the mountains in the middle of nowhere wondering like so did people hate it or did they love it am I gonna hate it am I gonna love it Ugh, it was kind of horrible you guys but needless to say I got back and I was like oh my god I missed everyone's like posts about it so now I need to ask how do you feel so I was a little pleasantly surprised, not a little, I was very pleasantly surprised to find out that 51% of you said you loved it. Thank goodness. <laughs> and then 38% of you, which is fair, said I liked it, but it's not the original. And only 4% of you said did not meet my expectations. So I feel like this is a very great gauge of the feedback we're going to hear about the movie today. Of course, everybody recognized that there were some things we disliked about it, but I'm really glad to hear that most of you appreciated it for what it was and that a lot of the naysayers, all the negativity is definitely coming from outside of the Gulster community, which is very reassuring. <laughs> all right. So what did we love about this movie? Alison Wanderlush said the tiny throwbacks to the original and the little Sanderson's. They were so good. End quote. Yes, I think. Across the board, we can all stop and talk about how amazing the Little Sandersons were. But what I really wanted to talk about was the tiny throwbacks to the original. So many of you mentioned it, it was really hard because a lot of you mentioned the same things. And I have never seen the amount of responses we got for this movie. Of course, without a doubt, I expected that. But it was just wild to see you guys. But anyway, the tiny throwbacks. It was so cool to see how they actually made the sisters and the first movie like a part of the story in a way like where it's we've all seen the movie and now we're at a point where like in Salem in this movie lives this how do I explain it like they're just as iconic as they are in real life like in our reality are as they are in the movie and that's where all of those little throwbacks come from like from everybody knowing like the costumes how we see a couple that's dressed as the devil and his wife from the original movie to people watching it to so many people dressed as the Sandersons. I just thought it was so awesome how they actually like made that part of the story. So that was really cool. 
Toil and Trouble said, I was shocked at how good it was. I was expecting a lame cash grab, but I got a story of sisterhood, end quote. Yes, I think that is what a lot of people were expecting. And I think realistically, a lot of us thought like there's no way this movie is going to meet my expectations. So I'm going to proceed with caution. And I think because of that, we were all able to enjoy it a lot more. Linda Audrey put it perfectly. She said a nice mix of nostalgia and a fresh take, end quote. When I read this line, guys, I was like, that is such a simple comment. But at the core, that's exactly how this movie made me feel like it had all the good nostalgia in it. But it also had like a fresh take on that exact nostalgia. And we'll talk about that more. Paula Para said it was silly and fun to watch. Yes, I completely agree. Erica Y. Castaneda and Fall in Halloween both said everything. What did you love about this movie? Everything. Yes, I think we can all agree with that one too. Hello Sparkle said they tried to keep it fun, end quote. Yes, I agree. I think it's definitely like fun and lighthearted. And I also love that it doesn't take itself serious, which is another thing we're going to touch on at some point, I know. Sweetgrass Gypsy said... Uh, just to see the lovely sisters come back in 2022 and have the beautiful ending I expected, end quote. Yes, I love that. So many of us, like I mentioned, that ending was just like, it was the closure we needed. It was beautiful. I don't know that I expected it, but I definitely feel it's what I needed. It's what my soul needed, you guys. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the controversial parts of it, I guess. It's not even controversial. I would say last week's episode was controversial as heck, but I wouldn't say this one is. Okay, so what do we dislike? Ghosty DZ said it was a little cheesy, but I didn't go in with high expectations, end quote. Yes, fair enough, but the first one was cheesy too, so I don't, I think what I'm confused about is so many people saying it was cheesy and that's why they hated it, but also the first one was cheesy too, so where is that coming from? I'm not sure. All right, Hauntingly Cute Mom said the songs and the reuse of famous quotes felt forced, end quote. Okay, I love you so much, Lexi, so don't hate me. Uh, but I actually disagree with this comment. I felt that the reuse of the famous quotes was actually really well done. As a fan, I loved to see the history of some of those quotes, especially in like the prequel portion of the movie and the opening sequence. Like when I heard Mary or like baby Mary say, shall we form a calming circle or something along those lines? I was like, oh, my God, they're using the line like they've been using it since they were little girls. So that was such a sweet moment. And I felt that they worked the lines into like the perfect spots versus making you feel like, oh, they just made that scene to fit that line in so for me personally I really did enjoy the way they did it I even thought it was insane they didn't use all of the iconic lines like for me I kept waiting for another glorious morning makes me sick dost thou comprehend <laughs> I don't know so I feel like I could have used a few more of them just because we have been quoting those lines for so long but I also understand Lexi you were never a fan of the original which I respect um, but I think that's kind of where the differences were. As far as the songs go, I think there was only one extra song I can think of, and I am positive we're going to touch on that in a bit. Excuse me, guys. I need some of my coffee. This never happens. Ah, oh, my God. So good. It tastes like caffeine in a straw. All right. I'm so sorry if you guys could hear that. It must have sounded gross. <laughs> okay, let's see. Nerd Squishnola said, the new main characters slash good guys were very uninteresting, end quote. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you guys. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I kind of agree with this. In fact, I know this in particular is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I personally was not a fan of Gilbert's character. I felt like it was used as a catalyst for the story and I feel like one of you might have sent me a message with this but I'm so sorry I don't remember like who it was or what the specific message was but it felt like his character was created just to like make the story make sense but I would have personally loved for it have been to be, be for it to have been a little bit more thought out like if you guys have seen Halloween Kills the way they use the younger kids 
as like adults now is perfect because it's like an actual scene you saw in the original Halloween movie. And I was waiting when he said he was there that night. I was like, oh my God, he's going to be like this side character that nobody ever even noticed in the background, but he was there. And that's not what happened. So I was a little disappointed by that. And then, I don't know, I don't really have any experience with this actor to begin with. So I feel like that might have clouded my judgment a little because I know a lot of you who are familiar with him loved his role. But for me personally, like I never felt like I was rooting for him or against him through that movie, throughout the movie. So to me, that just meant I was indifferent to him, which was just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Like it just, I feel like that's where the movie fell short, honestly. Like if he was more likable and you felt like strongly about him, it might have helped a little bit. Uh, as far as the girls go, I would definitely say that Izzy absolutely stole the show I'm actually triple checking the cast right now because I don't want to be calling the wrong characters by the wrong names. Yes, Izzy. I thought Izzy was awesome. And I think what bothered me was that Becca is supposed to be the witch, but she didn't really like stick out to me until like the very end. I was like, oh, her lines are sweet. Like, yeah, she's totally right. Book has a choice. But throughout the movie, Izzy was the one who was like really keeping my attention. I did read a lot of people felt that Cassie um, fell short and she was forgettable, but I actually kind of liked her character and I liked the progression and I loved at the very end when she's the one who throws the rocks at the witches and she's like, she's not alone. She has her sis her coven or whatever. I don't remember what the line is. So that was overall my thoughts on the new cast. Um, but yeah, I don't really have complaints about anyone other than Gilbert, which I know is going to be a very unpopular opinion. Uh, okay, Linda Audrey said, I wanted to see more of Tony Hale's character, but I get why we didn't, end quote. Yeah, so I know a lot of you love Tony Hale as well. I also don't have any experience with him as a actor, but I did actually kind of enjoy his character because he was such a dinkus. Um, dinkus is a term of endearment we have for our dog Bruce because he's a dinkus. <laughs> um, it's a made-up ghoulster word. Um, but yeah, I kind of just kind of loved how like oblivious and innocent he was. And I could have, I feel like there was room to kind of like incorporate him a little more, which I will share in a bit. Go with the Curl and Paula Para mentioned that they didn't think Sarah brought it in this film, which I felt really surprising. I read a few reviews where people said that Sarah... Uh, oh my god I almost called her Sarah Michelle Geller. wrong franchise girlfriend <laughs> um, Sarah Jessica Parker SJP Carrie Bradshaw I actually thought she did really well especially at um, capturing the actual like what is it mannerisms and movements of Sarah in the original movie because the scene specifically where they're going into um, Walgreens the way she like jumps in through the door reminded me a lot of when she jumps on the cement for the first time and I thought she did a great job overall I really didn't have many complaints I was actually really surprised because I personally felt like Mary got a lot more I guess what's the word um airtime I don't know if that's the proper term but she it felt like she had a lot more lines and was kind of more the more Kind of like the second main character to Winifred. And I was really surprised by that because obviously Sarah Jessica Parker has so much more clout now these days. So I don't really know what the decision or the reasoning behind that was, but I was kind of surprised by that. A Halloween is my happy place said Cobweb the cat did not have a big enough part and how quick it went. She meant and she didn't like how quick the movie went. Um, so I have thoughts on this. I kind of disagree, but agree at the same time. So I felt that Cobweb the cat should have either been in the movie less or more. Like, it seemed like he was going to serve some kind of bigger purpose or end up talking at some point. But, like, nothing ever really happened with him. So it was just kind of like, mm, so is it Binks? Is it secretly Binks? Is it not? But then I also kind of think, like, if they weren't going to do more with it, then it should have just been, like, one cameo, like, at the very beginning of the movie to kind of just, like, pay tribute to Binks, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I definitely think he was needed, 
But the amount he was shown was just kind of more confusing and didn't help the story more than it did help. Uh, but something I did like about this was um, Poppy recently mentioned how there's no cat in Halloween Town. So I, I totally see why it is definitely necessary because you can't have a witch movie without a cat. So there it is. <laughs> Samantha ESP said, not enough story on how the protagonist got her powers, end quote. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad somebody said this because I kind of was thinking this, but not actively thinking it. And now I'm like, okay, I was right. We definitely needed this because I was like, how did she become a witch? Does, is her mom a witch? Did she inherit it from like past generations and her family didn't know? But then if we're talking about this, then I think we also have to address the elephant in the room. Like how did Winifred get her powers? Because it wasn't just from the book. She kind of already had that power within her. So in this universe, like how do witches get their power? I don't know. That's kind of a big question I have now. Monica Galman said, sanitizing the witches, they eat kids, they're not misunderstood. Ending was so out of character and it missed the Halloween vibe, end quote. Huh. So I, I think it's interesting that Monica used the word sanitizing. Like to me, it's like watering them down almost. But I don't know if I agree because they make it pretty clear that that's their intention. And I don't really know. I'm a little stumped on this one because I don't know if it was intentional that they sanitized them or I'm sorry. I feel weird using the word sanitize. I'm going to say watered down. Um, I don't know if it was intentional that they watered down the witches because I still felt like they were pretty crazy. I don't know. Hmm. I got to ponder on that one a little bit. Uh, as far as them not being misunderstood, that they're just bad because they eat um, kids. I don't know. I would be interested in exploring that. Like, I want to understand why are they misunderstood, you know, because obviously we saw that Winifred was mistreated. So what led to that? I don't know. There's another comment coming up that's kind of related to that. So it's kind of hard for me not to, to mix those up. So we'll circle back to that, Monica. Uh, Sweetgrass Gypsy said, how short it felt and rushed it felt, end quote. Okay, so this is not the first comment we've gotten about this. And I actually personally did not feel like the movie was rushed. It felt like a good pace, but you guys know me too. I don't like slow burns. I don't like things that drag out. So maybe that's why I loved it. Um, but I actually felt like it was a very good pace. Did it feel short? I think the amount of time the sisters were on made it feel short. So that kind of makes sense because you're waiting so long for them to come on. And then once they do, there's not a lot of like airtime left. So I can see how that how that felt for you guys. OK, and then, of course, or not, of course, I was actually very surprised by this. So many of you submitted that one of the scenes you disliked the most was when the sisters are brought back and they break into song. I was just really surprised that so many of you felt this way, but I'm here to kind of explain why I have forgiven it. So when I first saw the movie, I felt the exact same way. And I think the reason why so many of us had that like knee jerk reaction to it was because we were like, crap, they're turning it into an actual musical. This is corny. This is not what Hocus Pocus is. And then all of a sudden it like ends quickly and you're like, wait, what? Is it going to be musical? Is it not? What's going on? So Sam from Toil and Trouble, as I mentioned, we went to the pumpkin patch and she kind of explained how she loved the scene because they kind of like played into what everyone thought that this word. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. It's hard to explain. OK, so what she explained was we all expected this movie to suck. Right. We were all like really low expectations. How are they going to ruin it? So by doing that, they kind of played into like, you guys are all thinking we're going to totally take it that terrible route, but it's to psych you guys out. So I, when I saw it the second time, I kind of like rewatched it with that perspective. But then what I realized, and maybe this sounds dumb, like I should have realized it the first time, but they're doing that because they already know that the girls are there. So they're distracting them because I think one of the girls says... Why are they scaring? Like, I think one of the girls says, why are they singing? And then, another one, and then Mary pops up and she's like, boo, 
to scare you or something along those lines. So I actually think that they're being clever when that happened. I think that they come back and they realize that those girls are there and they're doing that to kind of like distract them from from thinking that like that they're aware that they're there, if that makes sense. But I will say, too, like, I think something that would have helped the scene would have been to have them singing but not have the actual music because I think the music itself is what made it so, like, corny musical-esque. So I think without the music, it would have felt very normal to think, like, they're so crazy, they're already breaking into song, but it's more unrealistic that the music is playing with it. So... That's my take on it. I actually kind of enjoy it now that I see it differently versus that initial like knee jerk reaction like, oh, they ruined this movie. It's a musical now. Absolutely not. Sorry, I need another coffee break. I'm too excited with this, guys. Okay, something about that like really hurt my throat. (laughs) Okay, so we've digested the not so good scenes. Now let's digest the favorite scenes, the fan faves. So Erica Y. Castaneda said, when the sisters are at Walgreens eating and drinking beauty products, end quote. (laughs) So many of you mentioned Walgreens in general was your favorite scene. And I have to admit that I think it was a pretty decent scene myself. I don't know if it's my favorite scene, But it's definitely one of the scenes that caught me by surprise the most because when I saw the pictures and like the teasers that they were going to Walgreens, I was like, ugh, what are they going to do at Walgreens? But the reason they got them there was so clever. And I think it was so funny when Mary was like, it's the face of a child. (laughs) It was done really well, but I especially loved how they played out the whole like them going through the doors and how Winifred's like, she must be powerful. I'm powerful too. Uh, So I really love that. And they just did such a great job of like modernizing the whole idea of them like not knowing how modern things work um, from the original movie to now. And I absolutely loved it. I thought every single thing about how this specific part of the movie played out was very clever. And I give them major kudos for that. Uh, Paola Para said, when book shed a tear... Yes, you guys, that scene was so sad. I mean, as it is, we were all emotional, but to see Book get emotional really tore, tore at my heartstrings. Um, Alison Wanderlush said uh, the Walgreens door scene, which, of course, plays into the Walgreens thing. And I mentioned earlier, I loved how Sarah Jessica Parker, that was like her moment to kind of like relive how she jumped on the pavement before. Hauntingly Cute Mom said... Mary saying, is that what I, is that what I look like? Sorry, I'm delivering that wrong because, okay, let me restart that over. Mary saying, is that what you think we look like? Yeah, girl, we look foxy. I thought that was pretty funny, end quote. So that's what Lexi said, but I'm also agreeing. I thought that was pretty funny too. Toil and Trouble said, I love the the slapstick humor when Winnie threw a trophy at the judge's head. I died also love the drag queen drag queen's dress as the sisters saying they're doing a bit end quote yeah I agree I thought it was again <laughs> that whole scene was also really good because I love how she's so confident she's like they're booing you for winning <laughs> yeah that was a good one but I also thought it was interesting how like everyone was hating on them but then when she's like get off the stage they all listen to her but I mean who's not going to listen to such a commanding head witch in charge all right glue with the curl said the throwback costumes from the original worn by the town people when looking for the mayor end quote yes okay so i'm curious here because i paid very close attention to see if i could catch anything and now i'm hearing that there were more throwback costumes in that dance sequence and the only one i noticed was the madonna one so please let me know if you guys saw others i mean i did see the devil and his wife but I don't count that as part of the dance sequence, so please share the details, ghouls. Linda Audrey said, when the Sanderson sisters first appear and sing, end quote. Yes, finally someone who actually said that was their favorite scene and didn't hate it. Um, NBC Lover 1993 said, every Billy Butcherson scene, end quote. Yeah, I think, I mean, everyone agrees he is a ghoulster favorite, honestly. How can we not? Like, he's just so great. I will admit, though, another unpopular opinion. 
I was a little sad to see him because I think he's the character I could see aged the most. Like, I felt like he didn't have as an enough, like, <clears throat> the way he did before, if that makes sense. I don't know. Probably an unpo unpopular opinion. Okay, hands down, um, you guys all agreed that my favorite scene was your favorite scene, which was the end with the sisters. There's just... <sighs> that scene was just so good, you guys. Like, I think we all knew deep down, like, this is most likely going to be the end of Hocus Pocus for us. Like, we're most likely not going to get another Sanderson sisters appearance. Because, like we talked about, let's be realistic, they are getting older. So, I think for me, I was expecting, like, an ending... And I was like, they're going to kill them off or something's going to happen to them. But I never imagined they were going to give them such a beautiful ending. And that's why that that saved this movie. Like if there was anything wrong with this movie, that ending did it for me. And I know Monica earlier mentioned that the ending was unrealistic, but I really don't think it was because, I mean, it's about sisterhood. And at the end of the day, like like I said, Winifred can pretend that she's this confident witch, that she's evil, that she's mean to her sisters. But really, when it comes down to it, like a girl never forgets how much she loves her sisters. Oh, my God, I'm going to get emotional again, you guys. But that's why I just loved it, because it really humanized her. And it showed you like even Winifred Sanderson has a heart and she loves her sisters and she's at peace knowing that she gets to be with them, even if it means giving up all of her power so for me that was like a beautiful ending for these characters I've mentioned it before I don't want to see it like I don't want to see a third one I'm sorry like I don't know if it's that I don't want to see another one period but I definitely do not want to see the Sanderson sisters come back like I got my ending I got my goodbye it was closure let's leave the beautiful chapter closed uh but like I said I mean, I get emotional talking about it. So I was wondering if I was the only weirdo that cried with that scene. So I asked Goolsters, did you cry? And 55% of you said yes. I was so excited to hear that because it just means that you guys got it too. The sisterhood, the love, the magic, it was there for you too. So I kind of touched on this, but I was curious how many of you would actually want a Hocus Pocus 3 with the new coven. So for me, it's like, I don't want another hocus pocus with the sandersons for sure like no leave their characters alone we said goodbye but then i'm like do i want one with the new coven and to be honest like as much as i want to say yes i feel like they're just gonna ruin it we all saw what happened with halloween town we had the first few they were good they made so many they ruined the series it's just a cash grab so for me i would be fine if there were no more hocus pocus movies but if there is, I really hope they don't bring back the sisters. Um, so the answer to the question was 40% of you said it's not Hocus Pocus without the Sanderson sisters. So no, which I don't know. I kind of phrased that wrong because now I'm like, but would you want one with the Sanderson sisters also? I don't know. Um, but I guess that's kind of where my other answer was, which was this was a good ending for me. 40% of you agreed with that. So I think that's where I'm going to air with those 40% of you would be fine without one because it was a good ending for you. And then 20% of you said, oh my God, yes, loved them. You would love a Hocus Pocus 3 with the new coven, which was very surprising to me because I don't know. I was just really surprised that that many, that 20% of you would want to see the new coven. I don't know. That was just interesting to me. No hate towards them. I actually love certain things about them. Uh, but yeah, that was my that I think that was the most surprising answer for me. So before we move on, I wanted to take a minute right here to talk about something before I forget, because it's not written on the script. But speaking of the new coven uh, and a sequel or a third part, did anyone notice the costumes of um, Izzy and Becca because I could not for the life of me get past it the entire movie. So if you notice, Becca is wearing Winifred's colors. She's wearing a purple, either a purple or green long sleeve and then the opposite color for her vest. And it screams Winifred and her ponytail even kind of has like that same silhouette as Winifred's hair. And then Izzy 
who is like a little bit more on the goofy side, is dressed really similar to uh, Mary's costume because she's wearing a purple sweater and then even her pants have like that same pattern that Mary's um, skirt has. And then her hair, that like middle ponytail, looks really similar to Mary's um, crazy squiggly ponytail. So the whole movie, I kept thinking like, is this is this an inference? <laughs> Am I inferencing? <laughs> that was a callback to the movie in case anyone missed it. Um, so I was just thinking like, are they going to become the next Sanderson sisters? Like that's what I couldn't get. But then I noticed Cassie at the end, her outfit was actually an homage to Max and Allison's characters. So she's wearing a tie dye shirt like Max. And then she's wearing a loose cardigan like um, Allison did in the movie. And it was really cool. One of the shots was completely copied from the first movie where she grabs the keys and salt. It's exactly the same as the first movie, which was so cool. Um, so I was a little confused about that. I wish they had explained uh, why Izzy and Becca were dressed like that. Like, were they just Disney bounding for Halloween night? Or was it just more of a tribute? Or is it like a little seek like a little snippet for you to like make the guess that they're gonna turn into the Sanderson sisters because at the very end you see them do that little walk and so I'm just like hmm are the Sanderson sisters gonna kind of like possess them are they gonna like evolve are they gonna hand down the costumes to them I don't know I just wanted more of an explanation because there were too many similarities with the two girls but then it didn't work because the third one didn't match that so a lot of questions there all right sorry I feel like a lot of this episode has been has been me like rambling through trying to figure out my thoughts as you can tell it's only been a week guys I'm still processing the movie but it's all good I still enjoyed it <laughs> okay so my next question was who was your favorite new character because there were lots of new characters um so in the interest of time I kind of wrote a whole list of everyone's characters so as I mentioned I knew my thoughts on Gilbert was an unpopular opinion because so many of you said that you loved him as a character another favorite was Cobweb which I can respect I know you guys love your cats and you loved Binks um Becca and Izzy were of course another favorite I still don't understand the draw to Becca honestly I felt like there was room to grow for her being a powerful witch, but maybe that will be something we eventually see. Perhaps, I don't know. Definitely agree on Izzy. I loved her. I think she definitely stole the show. One of my favorite answers was the Roomba, Roomba vacuums. That is such a clever answer. I loved it. Um, and then Mayer was another one. And of course, without a doubt, you guys across the board loved Baby Winnie. You thought she stole the show and... Of course, the prequel scene was your absolute favorite above the ending, which kind of hurt my feelings. But keeping it honest, like that was the number one scene that you guys mentioned. And I kind of wanted to know your thoughts on the opening sequence. And there were two that really stuck out from everyone's responses. So NBC Lover 1993 said, I wanted more. Still have so many questions. I need the Winnie and Billy scene. It was brought up a lot. End quote. Yeah, so I think, I feel like a lot of you loved the prequel scene so much that I don't even understand why they didn't make it, honestly. But before I finish responding to this, I'm also going to share another comment because they kind of go together. Wild Rosa once said, would have liked to see them grow into their powers instead of this sequel, see their side of the story, end quote. Yes. Okay. So these two together were like just such great comments because everyone, of course, agreed like they were so good. Love seeing the origins of the lines. Love seeing um, Winifred just across the board. I mean, we all loved it. But I thought these two comments were so great because I agree. I think this was such a missed opportunity. And I think people would have been a lot more open, open minded to seeing a, a prequel movie versus seeing the sisters again just in the sense that like I think it was just a very different vibe and I think that's why the prequel scene was such a popular 
um, fan favorite because it was something we could have never compared or dreamt up in our heads. It was like the history of the movie we love more than a sequel to the movie we love. Um, so, yeah. And I love that the, their side of the story part that Wild Rose said because it reminds me of how Monica said, like, they weren't misunderstood. They were evil and they were watered down in this movie. But I think, like, if we got to see, like, the full story, maybe we would empathize with them a little more and understand understand that they were, that they had no other choice, that they were misunderstood. Uh, and then I especially love that NBC lover said the Winnie and Billy scene needs to be shown. And I think that's such a clever thought. Like, yeah, they talked about it so much. We should have been able to see it. And I think NBC lover might have been the same person to have mentioned this, but she also said... She felt like that's something the movie should have had a little bit more of, which was Winnie and Billy bickering over that scene when they saw each other. And I think in general, I felt like I missed that. I felt like Winnie and Billy had a little bit more of like that bickering in the first movie and it was a little watered down in this one or sanitized. <laughs> it's all of Monica. I don't know. I just can't get past how awkward. I think maybe just because I relate sanitized to hand sanitizer because of COVID now. I don't know. It's late, guys. <laughs> okay, so with that being said, do we want to see a full prequel movie or series? And 58% of you said yes, and 42% of you said we got the gist of it. So I don't know where I land in that, I guess. I guess I'm in the middle. I would like to see now the middle stage. Like, I would love to see the sisters, like, I guess as teenagers. I mean, I think they look more like preteens in the prequel. But I'd love to see them like in their teenage years, kind of like learning witchcraft and like how they get to the point of being um, hanged or executed, whatever the word is. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry, guys. It's been a long week. Uh, OK, but to wrap things up, I was curious how many times you guys plan to watch this new movie for the month of October because I feel like that really kind of gauges how much you uh, you guys actually loved the movie because a lot of you said you loved it but I'm like okay but love it means like you can't wait to keep watching it over and over again so let's see 34% of you said once was enough guys I'm here to tell you that if you voted once was enough you are wrong it's very rare that I say like that I'm like no I disagree with you guys but I completely disagree with this. I saw this movie a second time to kind of just like take in all the details, be like fully prepared to talk about it on this show. And I enjoyed it like 300% times more the second time than I did the first time. Because the first time I was like so hyper focused on like what's going to happen. Are they going to ruin it? Okay, what's next? Like trying to like actively piece together the story as it's happening versus like just enjoying it. So the second time was like such a great watch because I already had like all of that, all the like questions and negativity out of my head. So I was just like watching it to enjoy it. And I found myself like over the moon, honestly, I was having dinner and it was like the Walgreens scene where I looked down and I realized like I had stopped eating and I had like straight up a smile on my face. Like it was like glued on because I was enjoying it so much. And so I think that's my advice. If you've only seen it once, watch it again because you'll enjoy it so much more knowing what to expect and your expectations are a little different and you get to just like enjoy it. Go with, go with the flow, enjoy the ride, you know? <laughs> All right, and then 38% of you said two to three more times. I wanna say that's where I'm gonna land on there, but I already technically saw it two times. So I'm not sure how many more times I'll see it. But 28% of you came in solid and said the limit does not exist. So I'm going to land somewhere between those two, two to three times more or the limit does not exist. I'm not sure. I don't know. It was just so nice seeing them again. I could definitely watch the one way or another scene like 20 more times, which I'm actually surprised that did not come up as one of your favorite scenes. Huh. That's interesting, guys. All right. So... The moment has finally come for its freaking bats. So on a scale of one to five bats, how many bats did Ghoulsters give Hocus Pocus 2, the most highly anticipated spooky film in history? Oh my gosh. Guys, 
I'm, I'm so curious what you guys are guessing right now. Okay, so the answer is 3.75 bats. I personally found that very interesting because I have heard so much negativity. And I don't just mean like within you guys. I mean like harsh negativity like across the board from other people. But I do know a lot of you were very let down and disappointed with this film. And I really hope hearing this episode has kind of helped you like see the magic that other people saw in it. I didn't do this I didn't do this like honest review with the intention of like making you guys feel bad or making you feel like, well, if you didn't like this film, you're wrong. And I disagree with you. But I really think that we needed to kind of like readjust our expectations with this film, because at the end of the day, I genuinely feel that they did their best. And it's hard working on a film, you guys. Like it is so hard working in production. So I never like to bash things. Um, But I was really surprised to see that overall the review was pretty positive. Like we all know it wasn't going to be a five star film, but I think 3.75 is very fair for those of you who didn't like it. It really balanced out well. I think like nobody, I don't think anybody gave it once one bat. Um, So this was kind of a nice gesture in my opinion to see that you guys still gave it a pretty decent rating. I personally, oh, this is such a hard question. I think I'm going to give this movie 4.25 bats. Maybe not 4.5 or 4, but a 4.25 I think is fair. I felt that this movie surpassed my expectations. I had no idea what to expect, but I did not expect to get the kind of beautiful closure that I did. I do think that there was some room for improvement in the storyline as far as like Gilbert's character. I didn't find the story to be very believable. Um, but I do feel that everybody in this movie gave it their all, really put their heart and soul into it. Um, and overall, like this is definitely a movie I want to watch again. Like I genuinely enjoyed it. Like I said, the second time around was just like a treat to realize how much fun I was having watching the movie was a great indicator of how good the film actually is. So yeah, there you have it. 4.25 bats. I think that is an excellent rating. Um, so yeah, that is what I've got to say about the movie. And I hope, actually, I'm going to put this out there. If any of you disliked this movie, please reach out to me and let me know if this review changed your mind or if you're going to rewatch it with an open heart. Like, I want to know really like the power of Ghoulster Magic. Did this review help you come to terms with what you got? Because I'm going to be honest with you guys. I poured my heart and soul into this episode. I know I was a little all over the place. That's due to being tired and you know life spooky scene spooky season gets very hectic and busy um but above anything like I really poured my heart and soul into that intro for you guys like I can't even tell you how many times I re-recorded it because it's just something I really wanted to get right and so I really hope that it resonated with some of you in a very positive way (sighs) all right gushy stuff aside uh I guess it's time for the moment I have been waiting for if you're not binging with us then you can't sit with us because it's time for bloody binge worthy if you're joining us for the first time this segment is at the end of the show so that those who decide to binge spooky tv with me can hear me fangool over the latest episodes we watched. You can always find what episodes are coming up in the show notes. This week we binged The Vampire Diaries Season 3, Episodes 13 through 16. And since nobody reached out about the recaps, we're going to ditch them, guys. They're out of (laughs) here. But I did want to give you guys a bit of a notice. Some of you are going to be upset, but I promise this is what needs to happen for the longevity of this show. The podcast will be taking a break for Spookma season at some point, and I have no idea how to tackle that break for Bloody Bingeworthy. So if you're watching along, please send me a DM and let me know how you feel. Do you want the whole group to take a break? Do you want to just keep binging on your own? Or do you want to have discussions on the Discord server? Um, just kind of brainstorm for me please let me know your thoughts I would greatly appreciate it anywho tvd let's sink our teeth in shall we or our fangs shall we (laughs) okay so for starters these four episodes a week are harder than I thought because so much happens 
So first of all, as much as I don't like Caroline's dad, I am very sad for her. Secondly, why are all the originals so extremist? Like, why isn't anyone just well-balanced? Turns out Mama Michelson was the mystery vampire in the casket, and she's also wild. Like, I get she wants to finish what she started, but also... I don't know. I feel like it's an extreme, to be honest. I did love how extra their family ball was, though, and I'm not going to lie. I love how Klaus handled Caroline, the gorgeous dress, the wooing. Klaus has learned a thing or two in a thousand years of living. Just saying. Okay, and of all people, Damon had to choose Rebecca for his quotation revenge sex on Elena. Really? Like, even I'm annoyed by that. But on the other hand, there goes Daddy Damon again having to do the dirty work. Have you guys not noticed he always had he always does the hard part of things like having to turn Bonnie's mom now? Okay, but can we talk about the Salvatore brothers for a second? I love how like despite all the madness, they're always there for each other no matter what. Even with Elena in the middle, it's just so sweet and I love hearing them say brother. Hello brother. <laughs> And you guys, the Lark storyline is wild. I'm so curious to see how that one's going to play out. Oh, but alas, now we have to wait until next week to find out. <laughs> so just a reminder, you can always check your Goolster homework for the week in the show notes to find out which episodes we'll be binging for next week's episode. And if you're wondering how you could be one of my lovely co-hosts, like I mentioned in today's episode, you can follow the show on Instagram at Not Another Spooky Podcast to participate in polls and questions for upcoming episodes. And I have some great news for you guys. If you haven't already uh, seen on my Instagram stories earlier this week, you actually get two Mandy Spooks hits this week. So earlier this week, I was on a Very Vogue podcast with Val Kleinhans, and I got to talk all about how I keep it spooky, my journey as a content creator, and why I love this spooky community so much. So I will leave the link in the show notes to that so that you guys can dive in if you need some more Mandy Spooks in your life this week. And of course, don't forget to check out my Spooky Season Outfits video on YouTube. The link to that is in the show notes as well. I hope you guys are having a great spooktacular season so far and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Until next time, sending you ghouls and kisses. Bye! Bye!